0: Hello and welcome to Healthline 3, I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking with board-certified rheumatologist Dr. Robert Goodman of the Arthritis and Rheumatology Clinic right here in Shreveport and we're talking about gout, which is a type of arthritis more common during the heat of the summer. Dr. Goodman will be taking an in-depth look at the latest information regarding gout for the next half hour and will also answer your questions. Before we get started, Dr. Goodman will give us an overview of the topic for about 10 minutes of our simulcast. Following that, please call us with any questions you may have about gout using the number that will be at the bottom of your screen throughout the show as 318-219-4569. Dr. Goodman, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Glad to be here, Terry.
0: <laughs> Always a pleasure. Love your stories. I could talk to you all day about this information. Sure. Let's start with gout, and actually, for those who don't know, what actually is
1: gout? Well, gout, Terry, is a type of arthritis, which means it's an inflammation of the joints. But it's a, an inflammation of the joints that is triggered when people get too much of a Uh, a salt or uh, called uric acid in their body and if they're hovering right at the saturation level of uric acid then they might go over that saturation point and a chemist would say that um, they would have crystals come out of solution and form crystals in their body. The body's immune system behaves as if these crystals are a bacteria or a virus and The white blood cells of our body then attack the crystals and create an inflammatory response. And that inflammatory response causes usually the big toe, but also the ankle or knee to be explosively red, painful, swollen, and extremely tender. And it will occur from feeling normal to five or six hours later to having a severe gout attack.
0: Yeah, you've described it as waking up in the morning where you, your toe is so painful, you don't, the sheet can't even touch it without just...
1: And um, in ancient Greece, Hippocrates and other ancient physicians descri- thought as if it seems like, did somebody sneak into my bedroom and put a drop of poison on my toe? Uh, so in when Greek was translated to Latin, the Latin term for drop is gutta, and so gutta is the derivation for the English word gout uh, describing this, uh, this condition.
0: And there we go. I love your stories. That is so interesting to find out how all of this, so this is, gout has been around for a very long time. It's then, been. It right?
1: probably was one of those very first, because it is so specific in some cases, other cases it can present in um, uh, more uh, in less clear ways, but it has this very characteristic uh, clinical uh, onset that is just so explosive that it was recognized by, I'm sure, cavemen, it was ex- recognized by ancient medicine men in ancient tribes, and by um, uh, the father of uh, modern medicine, Hippocrates.
0: That's really fascinating because does that mean that since it's been around for so long that we do we all have uric acid in our bodies it's not created by what
1: we do or then it's just in we in our normal metabolism we have uric acid in our bodies and um, the gout many uh, rheumatic diseases affect women more than men rheumatoid arthritis and and lupus affect women far more than they do men, but this is a disease that men get affected more than women, because us guys have a higher level of uric acid than the ladies do. Um, We tend to, it is very close to the saturation point, and so then if we get dehydrated in the summertime because we're not keeping up with our fluids, then that being right on the borderline to getting a gout attack can exceed the saturation point, all of a sudden, those gout crystals are coming out of solution uh, and forming uh, in our big toe, they uh, will then precipitate this gout attack.
0: And is uric acid what's how is it useful to the body, and why do men have more than women?
1: Um it is useful uh, the men more than women seems to be a testosterone kind of thing, but okay. an estrogen. Women, uh, with estrogen, uh, they have a decreased uh, amount of uric acid. And so uh, in most labs in the uh, in the Arklatex, uh, a uric acid level of about eight is the saturation point. It might be 8.2, it might be 7.8, but somewhere in that range. And so um, when women, are um, uh, earlier than menopause they will usually have uric acid levels in the three to four range but us guys it'll be six six and a half seven and then if we're eating a lot of rich foods if we're drinking a lot of alcohol or getting dehydrated in the summertime we uh, start exceeding that saturation point and we precipitate those crystals Forming the gout attack.
0: Okay, and we've talked about, and I read in some of the information you sent me too, and we always like to discuss during the break. Um, eating rich foods, and I noticed it said meat and seafood. And now sometimes we think eating seafood is really healthy. Is it what we put with the seafood, it, it's,
1: or it's it's the seafood itself, and it's mostly the <laughs> shellfish. It's ah. like the crabs, the oysters, the uh, uh, shrimp, and and I, you know. Uh, I would direct our viewers to go online uh, to look up uh, a gout diet, and it will include alcohol. It will include seafoods and uh, other rich meats and other rich foods, but uh, a kind of a mnemonic for uh, people in the Arctic is if it would be served at an LSU tailgate party, it's probably bad for your gout. So whether you're going to be eating shrimp, oysters, boudin, Jack Daniels, um, beer, that's going to be precipitating your gout attack. And if you and if it's September and you're on around Tiger Stadium and it's 98 degrees, um, you need to keep up with your fluids and put the put the alcohol down and maybe pass up that last plate of boudin.
0: Oh, now Dr. Goodman, we've got Friday football fever coming up, and it is football season here. And you know, in the South, we love our football, so we can do all that in moderation, maybe in we moderation. Just, we don't maybe. have to like not so, do it at all.
1: No, you can do it in moderation. If you get a gout <laughs> attack. Uh, then you can recognize it. So hopefully our viewers can say, oh, that's a gout attack.
0: <laughs> I should, for <laughs> instance, say it's gonna be, be worth we, it.
1: We can do something about that. <laughs> yeah,
0: okay, we'll come to you for treatment after sure. those parties. So, um, so what are the symptoms? We talked about the pain and everything, what else? Let's go over that again, the symptoms uh, of gout.
1: The, the symptoms of gout will usually, the, the most dramatic symptom is what we've already described. But sometimes the other symptoms of gout can be, people can develop collections of gout crystals under their skin. Those gout crystals are called gouty tophus, and so they may get a knot or a nodule on a finger or a nodule on the toe. Again, these are cooler areas of the body. and Some people will get um, a gouty nodule that is called a gouty tophus on their ear because yeah. after all, our ear is a bit cooler than the rest of our body as well, going back to that same basic chemistry that we should have learned in high school uh, chemistry, so gout crystals can collect under the skin and they're called gouty tophus. Gout crystals can also collect in the collecting ducts of our kidneys. And so when that happens, that is called a kidney stone. So uric acid being elevated can cause gout attacks in the big toe, but it can also be a cause of kidney stones as well, also due to that elevated uric acid.
0: Once again, so many things are so related we exactly. find that in talking to you and and we talked about this during the break but if people who did not um see i mean in the t's earlier if someone didn't see us talk earlier we did talk about it being cooler um it, why is it in the toe or the ear is that because they're cooler parts of the body because they're an extreme that's right location?
1: And, and um our chemistry <laughs> teacher in high school or college <laughs> uh uh would say that if you take any so- salt solution and you put bring it to a boil, more salt can be in the salt solution. If you take that salt solution and put it in an ice bath, then more salt will come out of solution and form crystals in the bottom of uh, your container. Well, if the container is the human body and our big toe is at 95 degrees and our, uh, under our tongue is 98.6 degrees at 5 o'clock in the morning when our metabolism is at the lowest, we will get uh, some of those uric acid crystals come out of solution, and that will then accumulate, oftentimes in the big toe or other cooler areas of our body, and then precipitate a gout attack.
0: Which explains why sometimes people will wake up in the morning with it.
1: That's right. Okay. That's right. Because our metabolism was at the lowest at right. that point in time, and um, and uh, that uh, tends to happen.
0: Right. Okay. And when should someone see a doctor about this? Well,
1: um, uh, they probably will be forced to go see a doctor because it will be so very painful. Mm-hmm. They may go to a walk-in clinic that first time. The walk-in clinic doctor will probably recognize that's probably a gout attack. Um, and the next, t- if you get a one gout attack, nobody knows when you w- might get the next gout attack. If you get one kidney stone, nobody knows might, might, when, you, m- might, when you get the next kidney stone. And so uh, you would then uh, see your primary care doctor Uh, and they uh, figure out it's uh, probably gout. And then many times the primary care doctor can put you on a gout diet, but there are also medicines to lower the uric acid level and those people that have very elevated uric acid levels. uh, Array of medicines from generic medicines that have been out for a long time to IV medicines that can be very aggressive in lowering the uric acid level to help treat the gout patient. Um, And so if you lower that uric acid level from say eight to about a five or a six, then you create a gradient, a chemical gradient in your body that takes the uric acid away from your big toe, away from your kidneys, and flushes it out uh, uh, as you uh, uh, go to the bathroom as you urinate. Mm -hmm. And so um, that would then, uh, so um, lowering the uric acid level, can give you some wiggle room so that you won't be on the edge of uh, developing a gout attack. And that, uh, that was done with medications. Uh, the most common uh, medication is a medicine known as uh, allopurinol, another medicine called Fuboxastat is, is also used. And so we have many tools to help us uh, help the patient if that gout diet, if <laughs> avoiding the LSU tailgate party, avo- avoiding Friday night football fever. Uh, <laughs> never uh, and or if um, having to put down you know if, if you like uh, a bit of alcohol and if you like oysters and shrimp um, and you're getting gout attacks then you may need to go in a different uh, direction with medicines if a person gets a gout attack that is treated with general anti-inflammatory similar to what we would treat rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis or psoriatic arthritis we might use uh, a group of medicines known as the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medicines like ibuprofen and Aleve that you can get over the counter, um, uh, a medicine, um, um, Hippocrates would tell people to chew the bark of the autumn crocus to help their gout attack or he might ch- have them chew willow bark or a um, a medicine man, in um, Comanche medicine man in the American plains uh, who is practicing Stone Age medicine might have people chew willow bark. Well, the active ingredient in willow bark is uh, aspirin, and the active ingredient in uh, the bark of the autumn crocus is a medicine that we use today for gout called colchicine. And so those would help with the inflammation. They don't help with lowering the uric acid level. Um, And then if uh, people have uh, very persistent gout attacks, and they can't take colchicine, or they can't, or they don't respond to the non-steroid anti-inflammatory medicines. They may go to a walk-in clinic, they may go to a doctor's office, and get a shot of steroid, a shot of cortisone, or some other form of steroid, or a round of steroids to try to abate the attack. But the steroids, the anti, the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, are going to help the attack you have today. But it's Lowering the uric acid level will pre- prevent your gout from getting a gout attack in three months or six months from now.
0: That's good to know that there's immediate help. Now, you can talk about good. preventing flare-ups later, but don't have to suffer through if yeah, you wake up with that. You can when, go to a clinic and there's
1: help. That's right. When people have a gout attack, they want help now. Yes. And so they might be going to a ER. They might be going to a walk-in clinic. The ER doctors, the walk-in clinic doctors, see it all the time. They'll give them a shot of cortisone. They may give them a round of steroids, depending on their other uh, medical issues that they might have. Um, they might use colchicine, uh, but then, uh, then if that people start getting gout attacks closer and closer and closer together, then paying attention to what is your uric acid level, trying to lower it, whether it's with diet, whether it's with medicines or a combination of the both, um is uh, becomes very important
0: okay and w- oh we have a caller for you okay hello william thank you for calling what's your question for dr goodman yes uh, i've uh, had uh, swelling and stuff like he's talking about for years and now it's
1: turned into bumps uh, and i was wanting to know could you have two different kind um, of could it to something else could william speak up
0: Hi, William. Could you speak up yeah. a little bit? We couldn't hear the your question. Yes,
1: I've had I've, i said I've had
0: swelling and stuff like the doctor was talking about for years, and now I've got bumps and rashes and, and stuff. and I've been going over and getting shots like he's talking about, and I was wondering, could gout lead to something else
1: if it was untreated? Um, uh, gout can cause uh, gout usually causes the gout attacks to be closer and closer together so that they're almost constant. But um, it can also lead to kidney stones and it can uh, also lead to damage of the bones and joints as those uh, collections of uric acid build up in the joints. But um, uh, the bumps um, can be due to some of the gouty tophi that I described, but a lot of times bumps might need a little bit of medical detective work to see if they're due to something else. Uh, Other diseases, other arthritis diseases can cause cause bumps under the skin. Uh, The chief among them, rheumatoid arthritis can cause rheumatoid nodules that would be bumps under the skin. And there are many dermatologic diseases that can cause knots or bumps under the skin. So I wouldn't say just every case of bumps under the skin would be gout. But it's something, see your primary care doctor uh, and then if the primary care doctor doesn't get to the bottom of that, then that would be sometimes consulting with a rheumatologist would be the way to go to try to get that figured out. as Because there are a myriad of causes of what you're describing. Gout could be one of them, but there are others that need to be ruled out as well. Okay, the rheumatologist, the rheumatologist got got me on Enbrel shots. Okay. Well, Enbrel is actually used for rheumatoid arthritis or psoriatic arthritis. so. That is a very uh, excellent treatment for many with those two diseases. Uh, Gouty arthritis usually is not uh, gonna respond to Enbrel. It's gonna respond to some of the medicines that we've discussed earlier. Okay. I hope that's helpful to you, William. If if you're still having more knots and uh, so forth while on that medication, uh, check in with your rheumatologist uh, and they may need to uh, adjust medications, add medications, uh, but It sounds like you're on a very reasonable track. If those knots, uh, and it sounds like your rheumatologist thinks that they're probably due to rheumatoid arthritis or perhaps psoriatic arthritis. Those are the most common diseases that Enbrel is used to treat. Thanks for the call. Thank you.
0: Yes, thank you so much. And if you've joined us, just joined us, we're discussing Gout with Dr. Robert Goodman, who is board certified rheumatologist right here in Shreveport. And are you accepting new patients? Yes, I am. All right. Mm -hmm. And what is your phone number?
1: Uh, My phone number in Shreveport is area code 318-424-9240. That's 424-9240. Okay, and you
0: do have a website also, right? Yes,
1: and the website is uh, arthdoc.com uh, and we're on Facebook forward slash arthdoc
0: okay so we can find you anyway we, we need to great right. okay just want to remind people um, yeah. and and so we. tell us a little bit about
1: did um, we have a Tim that was calling I don't
0: it? think so I think oh Tim. Tim hi Tim what is your
1: question oh uh, it's, it's Kim oh is it Kim 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 Tim. Kim Kim K-E-M-P Kim. Kim. Kim oh okay Kim, I, Kim. yes sir Thank you. Uh, I, I,
0: yes, sir. I have got. I, yes, yeah. I woke up with that. Yeah, I woke up this morning with doc and I got it. well. I did and I went and took a shot for it. My
1: problem is, what is I can take for when it's hanging real bad. I. I, um, and I couldn't uh, hardly walk or nothing. Uh, so uh, uh, it sounds like Kemp is describing um, having woken up. It's and my having, knee. It's my knee. It's in my knee. Uh, having my a knee. real bad. Uh, flare of some kind of arthritis in the knee Um, probably could be gout uh, but it could be other types of arthritis as well and you went to a walk-in clinic they gave you a shot of cortisone um, and I I guess it is better uh, with that shot of cortisone the cortisone by the way uh, Terry will uh, help the patient in a matter of uh, hours, so that's uh, very useful for emergency room doctors. But now, Kemp has uh, the question of where to go next. What do we do next? Well, uh, part of the question answer is to figure out was that swelling in your knee due to gout, or was it due to some other type of you know, arthritis? Um, uh, might it be a cousin of gout that I haven't really mentioned before, called pseudo um, gout, uh, or okay. and so. Um, if it is, um, if the if your doctors think it is uh, very likely to be gout, then they'll determine what your uric acid level might be, and then they might uh, create a treatment plan to help you prevent this from happening in uh, next week or um, in a month or in three months. That prevention might be drinking more water, like we've already discussed, um, uh, finding a gout diet. There's those on the internet, and um, then your uh, a treating physician might determine, yes, do you need to um, start on a, a uric acid lowering medicine and that uric, one of those uric acid lowering medicines is uh, called allopyrinol, another one used to be called uloric and it's now called febuxostat. and there's an IV one called Christexis. All of them need some nuance and uh, understanding, you just don't willy-nilly put you on those types of uh, medications. Um, And uh, so that would be the next step. You might be seeing your primary care doctor, um, and you might be uh, seeing a rheumatologist or uh, an orthopedic surgeon. All of those health care providers deal with that. The rheumatologist would be dealing with that, especially if there's a difficult case of gout that the primary care doctor has tried one or two things at first. I hope that's helpful to you. Yes, sir, it's very helpful, yes, sir. All righty. Because I have 30 degrees of kidney disease. You have some kidney disease Um, and so uh, thanks for bringing that up because um, when a person has kidney disease obviously their kidneys um, have a difficult time getting rid of the the waste products like um, uh, creatinine and BUN which are measured uh, commonly by nephrology doctors or some of them. Might have a difficult time adjusting their potassium or adjusting the amount of water or the amount of sodium is in their body. And so they get fluid retention or they may have a, t- a potassium that's too high or a potassium that's too low. But some people that get kidney problems will also have a difficult time getting rid of uric acid. And so one person might get rid of creatinine pretty well but hold on to too much uric acid. And so Chronic kidney disease is one of those conditions that can increase your risk of getting uh, gout. Of getting gout. But uh, thank you for that call. Um, and I, I do want to mention something about uh, allopurinol. Um, uh, there is now a new directive by the American College of Rheumatology that if you're planning to put allopurinol, uh, a, a patient who is African American, on allopurinol, or a patient of Asian uh, background on allopurinol, you need to check a genetic test first that looks for the potential of a drastic side effect that doesn't occur in most people, that makes allopyrinol safe in most people, but can cause um, uh, a terrible skin rash that can sometimes be as bad as a second or third degree burn. And so um, doctors who are thinking about putting uh, African American and Asian patients on allopurinol have to check that so it's not just put you on a medicine uh, it needs a a little bit of nuance and trying to figure it out
0: that's a good thing to know anyway I guess if you go and don't take for granted that your doctor knows about that or is thinking about that if you have any any to know your background your culture everything about you to say is this okay do I need to be tested by this does this come up it's good to kind of take care of yourself and know
1: and and Terry we have been Mm -hmm. using allopyrinol for um, 20 or 30 years, Mm -hmm. uh, um, and it's been generic for a long time, so it's uh, an inexpensive way to treat gout. But um, uh, all doctors who treat uh, gout, whether they are rheumatologists, whether they're nephrologists, or primary care physicians, were very fearful of this uh, uh, terrible skin rash uh, that uh, is called Stevens-Johnson syndrome, or toxic epidermal necrolysis, or TENS, all of the different medical schools, different medical centers would use different eponyms. Uh, but uh, it was a terrible uh, allergic reaction to allopurinol that might occur in one person and a few thousand people. And so that was very concerning. But in about uh, 2014 or so, um, a genetic marker called HLA b 5801 was uh, developed, and it was found that it was very high in Hmong Chinese individuals of Asian background, and if they had that genetic marker, they were many times more likely to get this terrible allergic reaction than uh, other uh, patients who did not have this genetic marker. It was identified in Hmong Chinese first, and it was found to also be seen in African-American patients second. um, uh, in 2020, the American College of Rheumatology added in their gout treatment guidelines to check this, um, uh, this uh, genetic marker, which is available in reference labs. So I, I frequently order it uh, in, in checking out my patients. on so deciding whether to put them on allopurinol, and if, if we're going down the direction of, okay, this looks like gout, yep, your uric acid is elevated, and then we need to check some other boxes to make sure we put the patient on the right treatment approach so that we don't interfere with um, other uh, diseases that they may have as well as Uh, put them at a greater risk because of this genetic marker.
0: It's really important to know and so comforting that the advancements of of the knowledge and education behind medications before they're given because I'm Mm -hmm. sure this came about because so many times it's like oh well you were allergic to it or sorry it caused a rash, sorry but at least it took care of something else to really do the research and find out no let's make sure that you individually that you're okay to take this medication and it's going to help you and not give you something Mm -hmm. else to worry about.
1: and, and, and that story kind of brings to, to mind that we we physicians, uh, and I'm sure you in, uh, in reporting, are always learning and mm-hmm. we're continuing to learn. And um, so uh, when I was a medical student or a resident or a rheumatology fellow, I, you know, I felt like, okay, I got gout, I understand that, but I really don't understand vasculitis or I really don't, uh, lupus is just a mystery to me, but So you might take gout for granted, but it's still we're still learning. um, And uh, to have this genetic marker that helps us identify people that, uh, you know, allopurinol is a very good medicine for the vast majority of folks that have uh, could have gout and could need it, and also could have kidney stones. But that that concern that um, was always in doctors' uh, minds. Um, has been somewhat relieved, not completely, but somewhat relieved by using this genetic marker, so that we can use our tools, our older tools, our generic medicines more wisely than we could ten or fifteen years ago.
0: Yeah, I just think it's so interesting to be lifetime learners anyway about everything, just to stay curious, um, but especially about our health, and not to be afraid to just ask a lot of questions, do your research. Right. Just, so, I want your
1: the viewers ask questions, yeah. ask questions of your primary care doctors, and if you don't. Uh, uh, get an answer or maybe because they're focusing on so many other things uh, that sometimes uh, you might need the assistance of a rheumatologist to sort through some of these difficult questions uh, whether you might have uh, gout or whether it might need a different uh, treatment approach.
0: Absolutely. And before we close, we have a few more minutes left. What are the risk factors to having gout?
1: Um, uh, Well, the risk factors is being a male, um, number one. And as uh, one of our viewers pointed out, having marginal kidney status. So having, as doctors would say, chronic kidney disease or CKD. So if somebody's uh, kidneys our, if we're, our kidneys are like an eight-cylinder engine focus, uh, uh, working on six cylinders, if they're like a, uh, somebody's kidneys that uh, used to be 100% uh, effective when they were in their 20s and now their kidneys are uh, 70% effective, then that's a person that's had an increased risk of gout. So maleness, increased risk of gout. Women tar- start to catch up with men after menopause. Uh, but still m- women lag pretty far behind there.
0: Okay, and if someone didn't go and get, they have a gout attack, they wake up that morning, they don't go get medication, do you think, how long does the attack last?
1: It usually lasts three to five days, wow. those first attacks, but then sometimes they get closer and closer together.
0: Okay, is there anything else you'd like to leave our viewers with about this topic?
1: Well, um, I, would, I would like to say that we have better ways to treat gout. You don't have to suffer. We can uh, do a lot to help it. Uh, we've been able to do a lot to help it, but I, we're even more precise today than we could uh, in the past. Those patients that had a hard time coping with gout, we have better tools and we know how to use some of our older tools even more precisely.
0: And so if you do have an attack, you do have gout, you have a flare-up, uh, there are ways to prevent further flare-ups. There are all kinds of ways to come see you and, and just to see what you can do about it and not suffer completely.
1: Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. So. And
0: if you have gout, is, is that something that you just have and you can have you no know, flare ups, or can you have it and never see it again? Is it a, once Well, some you have people
1: it? can have a, a gout attack and then never get it again. Uh, maybe they uh, decided to uh, quit drinking. Maybe they decided to eat smarter. Maybe they decided <laughs> to drink more water. Okay. Uh, and uh, it can certainly, uh, they can almost uh, treat it themselves. Uh, so that's unpredictable, but uh, that can happen.
0: Yeah, so you've getting it just start living a, a good healthy lifestyle because you don't want another flare-up and you want to be able to go to those football games and have a good time and do everything in moderation. Right? That's right. All uh-huh. right.
1: Moderation in all things.
0: <laughs> all right. Dr. Goodman, always a pleasure. Thank you so much thank you, for Terry. coming and talking. Once again, I learned so much about this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Terry. Okay. And thank you so much for watching Healthline 3 today. Thank you for your calls. We'll see you next time on Healthline 3. Have a great afternoon.